Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. For he is good, for he is good, 
indeed. That was beautiful. Thank you, Abby. If you brought your Bibles with you this morning, I'd like for you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew in the second chapter, Matthew chapter number two. And I want to read a familiar text of Scripture, but this morning, may we read it with a new curiosity. Did you ever try to do that? Did you ever read a familiar text and say, Lord, just give me something fresh and new from that passage of Scripture? Because if we're not careful, you read those common texts of Scripture and, you, oh, I don't know, you read it so many times, you just kind of gla- glance over it, you know, and you, you just don't get the meaning, the impact that the Lord had in mind. And so this morning, may we read this text with a new curiosity. And I'll begin reading chapter 2 and verse number 1, and you can follow along. Is everybody good? Amen. Say amen. 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 Now, the sound booth will help us every once in a while if we forget to join in. Yeah. Look at verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. And here's what they said. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. That's good. We ought to come to worship him. Isn't that right? Verse 3. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they sent unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts. They presented gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now notice verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country. And notice the next few words another way. I want to concentrate attention this morning in verse number 12. In that statement, they departed into their own country another way, another way. I thought about this. You know, God, God always makes a way. You familiar with that? He always makes a way. I, I, I like the song, God Will Make a Way. Did you ever hear that song? God Will Make a Way, where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide, hold me closely to his side, With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. He will make a way. God will make a way, and he always does. You know, the common explanation of this text of Scripture seems visible. Now, try to to follow along with me if you would. God was leading uh, the men from the east 
in a different direction, right? And that's what it says. Look at verse number 12 again. It says, and they departed into their own country another way, right? And so God spoke to their hearts, and in verse number uh, 12, he warns them in a dream that they should not return to Herod. And so the visible, the visible interpretation of this text is real simple, and that is God spoke to them and led them in a different direction than the direction they first came. Would you agree? That's the way we would read that, and that's the way we would conclude that passage of Scripture. Uh, God steps in. You know, Herod wanted them to return and lead him to the Christ child, but the Lord steps in as to not put those wise men from the east in an awkward position. Isn't that just like God? God, you know, he just steps in at the right time, at the best time, at the most appropriate time. And here in this text, the Bible says that he led them another way. Now, that's not the very first time we read in the Bible about God leading people in a different direction, is it? In fact, one of the great stories of the Bible we find in the Old Testament book of Exodus, where God begins to lead the children of Israel. Remember that story? He's leading the children of Israel out of Egypt because of bitter bondage. And the Bible says he's going to take them to a land of promise. We call it the promised land. It's God's land. I like the way it's described in the Bible. Did you ever see the way it's described in the Bible? It's a land that is flowing with milk and honey. So God's taken the Israelites out of bitter bondage, and he's going to lead them to a, a land that is pleasant, A land that is flowing with milk and honey. Or in other words, what he says there is this, I'm going to take you to a place where I'm going to provide all your needs. Isn't that wonderful? And if you read the story, here's the truth of it. When God was leading the Israelites out of Egypt to the promised land, there was a direct path that they could have taken that wouldn't have not taken that long. But the Bible says in Exodus chapter number 13 that he led them another way. He led them a different way. Now, I can't get off into that story because it's fascinating, and it will take me the rest of this time to explain as to why God led them another way. But when you read the passage of Scripture, when you read Scripture, and when you look at life, you realize that every once in a while, God steps in, and through divine providence, through his sovereignty, he leads us a different way, or he leads us another way. That word another in the Bible implies different different. And again, if we were to go back, we can say this, as far as the story is concerned, uh, these men from the east came in and came from one direction, but the Lord led them back a different direction, right? Uh, But, you know, when you read the Bible, it's interesting, and I've often liked to say this, the Bible uh, is deep and, and, and it's fluid and it has many moving parts, And and we come to realize this, that sometimes when you read a story, mm, there's hidden truth in that story, right? Kind of like you've heard the analogy before, it's kind of like peeling an onion, right? I layer after layer, and I'm not sure if you ever peel an onion, but uh, the more layers you peel, the stronger, the more intense, right, it becomes, And so when you read the Scripture and you begin to peel back the layers, you begin to see that there is, I don't want to say hidden truth, but there's other truth. In fact, I'd say it this way, there's deeper truth. And so maybe as we read this passage of Scripture, maybe we can say this, uh, not only did God lead them another way, but they themselves were different when they left. Huh? 
God, God led them in a different direction, but also maybe God uh, touched them in such a way that they were no longer the same themselves. Amen? And you know, that wouldn't be stretching the truth, would it? Because the Bible teaches this, that whoever came in contact with the Lord was never the same. Isn't that right? Isn't that a great truth of Scripture? Those whom Jesus came in contact with, uh, whoever it was he touched, uh, they, they were just different. Uh, that's the reality of it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe, just maybe, mm, that's the truth of this story. The power of Jesus Christ to change a life from the cradle to the cross. And when you read through the passages of Scripture, you find it to be evident. For example, listen to the words of Mary. Mary said this in Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 46 through 48. She said, she said my soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Did you hear that? So, so Mary, the blessed virgin, the mother of Jesus, not the mother of God, but the mother of Jesus, calls Jesus her Savior. You know, the only people who need a Savior are those who are sinners. And Mary, Mary recognized the state that she was in, was in and, and she says this, she calls him God my Savior, and then says, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaid, for behold, now pay attention right here, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. You see the difference? She came into contact with the Lord Jesus Christ, and she was never the same. And she said, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. And when you read through the passages of, of the New Testament, you find this uh, person after person being confronted by the Lord Jesus Christ was never the same. They were different. From, from demon-possessed individuals to individuals born with an illness or a, a defect or a handicap like the blind man, right? These are, the word, these, these are the very words of the blind man in John chapter 9, verse 25. He said this, he answered and said, whether he be, sinner, uh, be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know that where I, I, I was blind, now I see. See the difference? I once was blind, but now I see, and it's all due to the, to the effect, to the impact that Jesus Christ has had upon my life. Amen. What a great truth. You know, I, I remember hearing this many years ago, one of our great uh, Christmas songs that we like to sing, and we'll probably sing it sometime this week, I'm sure. We may have already sung it this season, is Away in a Manger, right? We like to sing that, don't you? Right? Away in a Manger, you know, no for a bed, the, you know, little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head, right? But again, when you, when you look at the passages of Scripture and the truth and reality of the divine, you begin to find that there's greater truth in all of that. Now, I remember hearing it said many, many years ago uh, about that song, Away in a Manger, that Jesus was the way. He was the way in the manger. You've heard that before, isn't that right? He is the way. In fact, Jesus himself has said this in John chapter 14. He said in verse number 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. And Jesus was the way in the manger. And I'd like to take that thought this morning uh, and just kind of submit a, a few things to you. I want to submit to you this. And first and foremost, that he, was, he, he has provided a way for you and I out of darkness into the light. 
He has provided a way out of the darkness into the light. Look at that text of Scripture up on the screen, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. It says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That, that'll catch your attention. A peculiar people. Amen? Uh, I can fit into that category. That ye should show forth the praises of him, now look at this, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Did you see that? I said this in the very beginning of the message this morning, God will make a way. God always makes a way. God always provides a way. And a part, part, part of that text, guys, you can just stay on that one slide and stop going back and forth. Uh, and, and part of that is this, he provides a way for us out of darkness into light. Amen. Think about that. I, I, I like that one song that says the whole world, you know, is in darkness. The whole world is in darkness. We were born in darkness. Isn't that right? The light of the world is Jesus, you know. But what we don't understand, I think, is this. You know, we're living in the dark at times. And when you live in the dark, you know, in, in the dark, there's a sense of confusion. Isn't that right? sense of confusion. And, and, you know, sometimes in life, we just, you know, every single day of our lives, we live. We live in this world. We can't help but live in this world. We're trying to live as light in this world. But all about us is darkness. And in that darkness, there's confusion. And in that darkness, there's insecurity. And in that darkness, there's loss, a sense of loss, right? And that's because of, of the, the lostness of our world being born into it. I like the way Paul describes it. Look at the screen again. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 2 in verse number 12. He said that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise. Notice this next statement. Having no hope and without God in the world. Well, that's a sad state, isn't it? I mean, when you think about it, when you look out into our world and you think about this world being dark and you think about what that means, what it implies, you begin to realize that there are people living today who are living without hope because they're living without God. That's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Huh. And you would assume, because this is America, and you would just assume that, man, we come into December and, and there's, you know, there's a whole lot of focus in upon Jesus and Christmas and the Christian world. Of course, you know, we, we try to worship God and we celebrate, you know, the Savior and we celebrate His birth. And you would assume that, man, everybody is just pumped about that, right? But you know, sometimes our assumptions are off, our assumptions are wrong because the world in which we live is lost and it's dark. And it's getting darker. And Paul says, I think he hit it on, uh, just on the point when he says, without hope, having no hope because they're without God. Yeah. The songwriter said this, the whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at new day, his glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. But Peter said this, God has provided a way. He has provided a way for people to come out of the darkness and step into the light. Paul concludes that passage in chapter number uh, 2 with verse 13. Go ahead and flip that. Look at the screen. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who uh, sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. 
Or in other words, what he's saying is this, even though we're born in darkness, we are aliens to the commonwealth, strangers to the promise, without hope, without God, that could all, that could all change. There's another way. God has provided another way out of the darkness, and it's through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate, right? Our sister hit it well with that beautiful song she sang. That's what Christmas is all about, you know? It, it's all about the incarnation. It's all about, it's all about redemption. It's all about you and I now who were once in darkness being brought into the light and adopted into God's family as children of God, joint heirs with Christ. Well, that's great truth, isn't it? He's the way. Jesus is the way. He's the way out of a life of confusion. He's the way out of a life of insecurity. He's the way out of a life of darkness. He's the way out of a life of fear. He's the way out of a life of death. I was thanking him this morning. I made a trade back in 1979. It was the best trade of my life. You know what I did? I traded him my life of sin for his life of righteousness. What a, what a trade. I remember in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, where the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah, he said, come, let us reason together. Hello? I want to make a trade. Here's what he said. You give me your sin, you give me your life, and I'll give you mine. Well, what a trade that is. And Peter tells us that God's provided a way for us out of the darkness into the light. But also, as you read through the Scriptures, you find this. He's also provided the way out of the wilderness into the promised land. Amen. Out of the wilderness into the promised land. You know, when I think of the wilderness, I always think about Israel. Right? It just comes to mind, spiritually speaking, biblically speaking. And you know this. You know that Israel spent some time in the wilderness. And I'm sure if you read the story, you picked it up that the wilderness spent some time in Israel. Hello? You know, the longer you and I spend time in the world is the more opportunity for the world to get in and spend some time in us. And that happened in the life of the Israelites. And, and you know, when you think about the wilderness, here's what it speaks about. Now, pay attention right here. The wilderness speaks to us about, about an inhabited, abandoned, neglected area. Don't you think about a wilderness, right? It, it's, not, it's not fit for habitation, it's a, neglect, it's a wilderness, right? It doesn't even sound pleasant. While we may go to a wilderness to camp, I know you go to the Pinelands here in New Jersey, right? And you want to get away from the hustle and bustle. You don't want to see the city lights, you know? And so you plan a little trip and you go away for two or three days. You know, you're out in what you would call the wilderness, right? However, you don't plan to stay there. You don't plan to build a house there. Huh? Uh, unless you're one of those secluded individuals and you move to Montana and all you want is your dog, your rifle, and some duct tape. Uh, <laughs> you know, because you can fix anything with duct tape, isn't that right? That's all you need, guys, duct tape. Uh, but, but you don't plan on staying in the wilderness, right? You don't build your house there. You, you don't set up your, your life there. Uh, why? Because it's a, it's a wilderness. You know, the wilderness is a good analogy for someone who has lost their way in Christ. Are you with me? And don't get quiet right now. The wilderness is a good description of some of us who have kind of lost our way. And, and, and you know, in the Bible, the Bible uses the wilderness as a, as a time of testing. It's, it's described as a, as, a, as, as a testing for those who are unwilling to obey. Huh? 
and we just get into this, into this dry, uh, into this desolate, into this miserable way of life. Pay attention right here. There's a whole lot of Christian folk who are living their lives in the wilderness. God never meant for Israel to spend 40 years in the wilderness. He, he led them another way because he was trying to protect them from the enemies along that direct route, but he never meant for them to stay 40 years in the wilderness. They made the wilderness a lifestyle. They made the, the, the wilderness a place to, to, uh, to, to dwell, where God never meant for it to be a place to dwell. Dry, desolate, miserable. And I think at times uh, that might describe the condition of some of us Christians. We're just dry. You know, we're, 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 we're miserable. We got a whole lot going on that shouldn't be going on because we just have not obeyed the leading of the Lord. We've not obeyed the direction that God has given us. Say amen right there. Huh? And God never meant for that to be the case. I like what the psalmist said here in Psalm 136, verse 16. To him which led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Right? The, the wilderness was to be a, a way of passage. It wasn't to be a destination. Amen. Come on, help me here, class. You know, being backslidden, being out of God's will, living, you know, unhappy, you know, just, just being, you know, dry spiritually, uh, not being blessed, not enjoying your Christianity. God never meant for that to be. And I've heard some people say, well, I guess this is just my lot in life. I don't think so. I don't think so. The Lord wants to give us the joy, the joy of the Lord, and, and we, we ought to be experiencing the blessings of Almighty God. Hardships, difficult times for sure, but not living as if we're in the wilderness. God's provided a way. He's provided a way for us out of the wilderness into the promised land. You know, you think about the Israelites, there was a Red Sea waiting for them. Hello? There was a Red Sea waiting for him. God was going to show himself to be God. He provided the way out. And thank the Lord they found their way. And I can't help but believe that God, God has a Red Sea waiting for you and I. If we'll just trust him, if we'll just learn to obey him, if we'll just learn to follow him, God will lead us out. You know, God desires to give to you and I abundant life. John chapter number 10, Jesus said this, I've come to give life and to give it more abundantly, right? That's our promised land. I know sometimes we think about the promised land being heaven, right? And it is, but the Christian life can also be a promised land, a land where the milk and honey flow, right? A land where God meets all our needs if we'll just learn to follow him and obey him. And so there's, there's nothing better for the child of God than to follow the Lord out of the wilderness into the promised land. But I want, to see, I want you to see one final thought here with me this morning, and that is this. He's provided a way out of this world into the next. Amen. He's provided a way out of this world into the next. Look at that text of Scripture. We marvel at it. We enjoy it. Of course, it's 1 Thessalonians 4. And he says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Who's them? Them are those who have died in the Lord, those who have gone on before us, 
right? Those who used to sit in these pews, Brother Riddell and I were just kind of kibitzing this morning a little bit about, you know, he said, you know, the older he gets, more of his friends are now in heaven, you know, and, uh, and we miss them, right? But, but when Jesus says this, you know, when he, when he says and he, and he comes back and, and he's going to catch us up together with them, that means those have, who already went on before us, you know, are going to gather, he's going to gather them and we're going to meet them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What a great day that's going to be. Amen. I enjoy that thought. In other words, God's provided the way for us to exit this world and enter into the next. How about that? What a great God we serve. And God's provided a way. All Christians believe that this world is not our final destination, right? One day, we're not sure when, but one day he's coming back for us, and he's promised to come back and take us home. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. We shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be, shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Isn't that awesome? There's coming a day. Uh, that same passage in verse 16, Paul said this, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. God's provided the way out of this world into the next world. And so when you read that text of Scripture there in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number uh, 2 and verse number 12, and say, it says there, And being warned of God in the dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. God always provides a way. He always provides a way. And He's provided a way for you and I. God always makes a way. Let me ask you this this morning, my dear friend. Are you struggling with some things in life? Are you? You're going through some things. Let me, let me remind you of this. There's another way. There's another way. Uh, may, maybe, I don't know, maybe life has got you down. Life got you down this morning. There's another way. Maybe you got the seasonal blues. You know what the seasonal blues are? That's when you get around the holidays and... And for some reason, because of something that's happened way back in your past, you just, you just can't sense the, the happiness, and you see people happy all around you, and you just got the blues. Did you ever sing the blues? Huh? Did you ever sing the blues? I got the blue, woo, woo, blues, baby. You start to sing the blues. Listen, listen, friend, there, there's another way. There's another way. God's provided the way out of, out of your darkness, out of your wilderness, one day out of this world. Amen. The songwriter put it this way. Uh, flip, flip it up, guys. Come to the light, tis shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon thee. I once, once I was blind, but now I can see the light of the world is Jesus. Amen. Jesus. I wouldn't go another moment, another day, another week another month. I wouldn't go another moment without the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. Amen? Why? Because Paul hit it when he said this, if you're without God, you're without hope. And it, it's got to be difficult living life without hope. 
It's got to be difficult every single day waking up and wondering, you know, what's this, what's this day going to bring? When those of us who have God, we know this, no matter what this day brings, you know, we have God to help us navigate through it. Amen? There is another way, but you got to take that other way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. May I pray with us? Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed. Maybe, maybe you've come this morning and maybe you're just going through a difficult time. Maybe you would say, preacher, this is not my favorite time of the year. Well, I want to say this to you, my friend. There's another way. There's another way. Maybe, maybe life has been tough and, and things are just, just souring. Listen, there, there, there's, there's another way. There's another way. And maybe there's yet to be a time in your life where you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I want to tell you that Jesus is the way. He is the way out of this world into the next. But you and I, we must place our faith, our trust, our total dependence in him. He's the only way to heaven. And if you're here this morning and there's yet to be a time in your life where you've invited Jesus Christ in to be your personal Savior, then friend, we want to encourage you. We want to invite you. We want to help you today find that way. Jesus is that way. In just a moment, we're going to have prayer together. If you're here this morning and you're struggling, going through a difficult time and, and really, really just finding it real difficult to, to just face the next day, we want to pray with you and help you and be an encouragement to you. And we'll be standing by right down front here. If you want to leave your place and come and pray with us, we'd be happy to do that, happy to be encouragement to you. So, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your help. Thank you for providing us a way. You always do. God will make a way. And you've made a way for us out of our darkness into your light, out of a wilderness into a promised land, and one day out of this world into the next. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the great hope we have in Christ. I pray for those here this morning who may be without Christ, that today they would get it settled and place their faith and trust in him. And for those of us who have Christ and we're just going through a difficult time, might you be an encouragement today. Lift their spirits today, for we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.